Welcome to Little Island Conversations, where we chat with entrepreneurs and change makers from around Atlantic Canada. I'm Holly Chisholm. And I'm Meg McCauley. Mariah Batiste, beadwork designer and owner of Sunday Lace Creations, was raised in Unamagi, Cape Breton, in Nova Scotia. She is a Mi'kmaq woman who is surrounded by a strong Mi'kmaq community who has helped her stay grounded in her culture while exploring business opportunities. Her business is rooted in contemporary beaded jewelry for weddings, special occasions, or everyday wear. Mariah has an eye for beauty and has turned her love of jewelry and accessories into a beaded bling business. Mariah, welcome. Thanks for coming on Little Island Conversations. Thank you for having me. I enjoy being here. Awesome. We're super excited. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? So my name is Mariah Battis and I run Sunday Lace Creations, which is an online platform for Indigenous beadwork. So I sell beading supplies for beaded earrings and uh, mostly for Indigenous crafts. But uh, I've been doing an online platform for about five years. It went from making earrings and selling the earrings to now selling all the bead supplies. So I kind of tell people I'm a bead dealer just to <laughs> like trip them up. Like, what is that? It's <laughs> a really good elevator pitch. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I'm also just thinking, I'm very sad I didn't wear a pair of your earrings today because I have some of the original Sunday Lace Creation earrings. She does, really? yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm just realizing I didn't wear them. Yeah. You could have been on brand today. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm jealous. Damn. So, Mariah, why do you live in the region of Atlantic? Well, I live in Eskasoni, and this is where my people homeland. I'm Mi'kmaq. So this is partly why I live here. But I absolutely love Cape Breton. I have uh, lived in Saskatoon when I got my... Uh, master's in medicine at University of Saskatchewan and I just craved to be back home and it's just the people it's like the you know the community the feeling of like knowing everyone and now like I've been here for about 15 years I've lived here I just can't say enough about how great this place is and um, I can't imagine living in a city again. Like I, when I talk about traffic on in Sydney, I'm like, oh man, the traffic is so bad. And then people are like, you do not know <laughs> traffic lately. <laughs> so like, I just feel like I'm so blessed to live in a small place, but it's also very uh, community orientated. And uh, I just like knowing, like I can go anywhere in this, like Atlantic Canada and sort of know someone or know a family member. So it feels like very much connected and safe. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. So what's your favorite thing to do here? Ooh, here as in, in Cape Breton? Atlanta, Canada. Atlanta, Canada. Cape Breton, like. I do really like going on nature walks lately. Uh, That's one of my favorite things is because uh, we have a lot of, like, walking parks we can go and do things at. So, like, mostly in the summer, though. Wintertime, not so much. I feel like I'll be eaten by, like, a coyote out there (laughs) or something out there by myself. But, like... Before that, like in the summertime, I love to go to the beach in uh, Inganish or like Inverness. I love those kind of things. I really like going island cider folk on the weekends or like I just feel like uh, it's such a nice, beautiful, pleasant place to hang out. Yeah. I also like to go to the Better Bite, which is nearby here. <laughs> yes. So like because I'm gluten and dairy free. So that's like I yeah. love having options. So for me, like I just love going out to eat, and uh, Cape Breton really does have some fantastic places to eat. Oh yeah. So I think you know, food, entertainment, hanging out in nature is probably my top three besides crafting. Yeah. Because if I go straight to crafts, like <laughs> I'm basically alone in a room crafting, <laughs> <laughs> so not that social. 
<laughs> do you still beat a lot even though you're just selling wholesale now or yes and no so like for me the beating I used to do eight hours a day and then I kind of got carpal tunnel because I just love it too much so I had to cool it and so I do like small projects here and there mostly customs um so I do bead but I don't pretend like I I pretend like I can't sell beaded earrings anymore, <laughs> so I only do it for a select few, and right. I don't tell yeah. everyone. Of course, I'm now telling everyone that yeah. I do bead, but not for everyone. <laughs> I'm a custom girl. I'm, I'm exclusive. I'm yeah. Gucci. <laughs> That's awesome. So what makes your... My community is awesome in many ways. I think I've touched on a few, but just the, the community feel... Um, knowing that there's always somebody that you can talk to or there's always someone who will help you out in a snowstorm, just like we had a snowstorm last week. But, yeah. like, just the the community effort of, like, talking to people at the grocery store about the big snow that's coming. And yeah. then it's just, like, it just makes it feel so connected. Yeah. And in, in a city when I used to live in Saskatoon, like, you would never talk to your next-door neighbor and you would never talk to the girls at the grocery stores. Wow. And so, like, it just felt so disconnected that you were just you know, that's, on your own. That's so strange to me. It's like, I'll be like walking down the sidewalk and I'll like see a random person I've never met before and you stop and you have like a conversation yeah. with them. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like a chatty Cathy. Yeah. And so like you put me on any place on an airplane, I'm talking to people yeah. and I'm like, this is not normal. Like this is like <laughs> probably small town girl like gets out of the city and I'm just all of a sudden like this, like, hey, what are you guys up to? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can we be friends? Yeah. yeah. Follow me on TikTok. We know what you do, mm-hmm. but how would your friends and family describe what you do for a living? I think they would say I run an online platform. Okay. I think they would understand cool. enough to say that I have a website, but how any of the logistics <laughs> happens, I think everyone is mystified by from the ordering to the ship out and like the in-between yeah. of the social media star and things like that. Like to me, I feel like, you know, I've only learned all these things from making numerous mistakes, figuring it out myself. For me, it was a growth process. There was no how to be an e-commerce person when I started six years ago. Like, we didn't even have TikTok. I know we're so advanced now. Like, (laughs) like we're all so socially connected. But six years ago, it was not that way. We did not have, like, Instagram was the thing. And Facebook was a thing. And now there's just so many more platforms. And, like, I think people are just playing catch-up to figure out what e-commerce is and how it's working. And I think the beauty of what I do also is, like, when you're in a small town, Cape Breton, and there's not a lot of jobs, you can generate a job for yourself like yes. I did myself by creating these like online platforms or becoming an entrepreneur. And the world sees you, yeah. not just Cape Breton or yeah. Sydney or Eskasoni. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit, Mariah, about how you did build your business? Because like you said, you your background is not in e-commerce. Yes, absolutely. You have a master's in medicine. Yes. Midwifery. Yeah. Community health and epidemiology yes. with a specialization in maternal health. There we wow. go. Yeah. So that doesn't make you think of beads. Look at the 10-year me versus the now me, and I think she's going to be, like, so disappointed she studied on a Friday night. <laughs> Should have went out and had that fun because she did not use the advanced calculus that I used, the biostatistics that I took. Like, I'm sure it really helped me in understanding code a lot better, mm, yeah. but it really didn't help me in my new life path. So um, just to do a little background about me is, um, so I was in community health and epidemiology. I graduated with a degree in medicine. From there, I did um, some teaching with St. Effects with cultural competencies. That led me down to 
be a coordinator for legalizing midwifery in the province and uh, working with First Nations communities to talk about uh, traditional Mi'kmaq midwifery practices in Cape Breton. And then after that, I kind of wanted to have a break. And I wanted to say like, you know, I've been in school for 10 years. I've been on a career path. My nephew just needed au pair, nanny, babysitter, whatever you'd like to put it. And I decided to volunteer myself because I was in my early 30s and I was just like, why not take a year (laughs) off? And I could get EI and it seemed like a great idea to sit around. Then watching YTV, I don't know if how old this generation is listening to the podcast, <laughs> but like the Caillou and the Max and Rubies yep. and the, all the old shows just drove me crazy. And like after listening to it for a few months over and over, I was like, I can't be this person anymore. <laughs> I need something outside of, you know, being home, watching a kid all day and watching these cartoons all day. And so I started a hobby. I thought nothing of it. And then slowly that hobby became an obsession. And I wanted to bead and I wanted to share this craft with everyone I could know. And I became the annoying person who would be like, how's your day? And I would immediately start talking (laughs) about beads. Like it was just like, I had to be like, oh my God, I got these new beads (laughs) the other day. And then she'd go on and on. So finally, I was becoming to the realization that there was this huge need because I was the person who had a pain point, which was there was no place to buy Indigenous craft supplies anywhere locally. And um, we had a Michaels, but it did not cater to my Indigenous beadwork um, supply chain problem. So that's where Sunday Lace Creation Serve was created out of. So I only started very small. I had 30 products on my website. I didn't advertise. I barely told anyone I was on the platform. And within three days of going live, sales started flying in. And I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I had to like learn like the hamster on the fiery wheel on how to run a website. And like we're now at year six and things are really good. (laughs) I don't know. Wow. Yeah, they're so good that you're looking for space to expand. Oh, yeah, I would love to expand my workshop. Right now, I've had it in my mom's basement. And I tell you, the, the store started in a corner in a room. And then it took over the room. Then it moved into my living room. Half of the living room took over. Then I got rid of my couch, TV, and everything else. And oh it's God. like 20 by 30 space now full of 4,000 products that I have on my website in this like super organized, beautiful space. But I am literally busting out of the seams with beads. Wow. Do you ever just like have a shelf like fall over and all the beads go everywhere? And then... Not yet. I, okay. that, and an earthquake would be a nightmare. I think <laughs> I would just close shop and like sell bead soup. Like, will become my new thing. Yeah. Like, rise mystery bags. Because I don't think I could actually put them all away again once yeah. I... They yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. And yeah. if anyone wants to see it, I am on TikTok and I do showcase this room constantly so you can see what I'm talking about. It, I would say I probably easily have a million beads in that room. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I know. So it's crazy when I think about it. There's no like earthquakes. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> if there's an earthquake, send help. I'll probably be under a million beads, like swimming in it. <laughs> Just see where I am. Yeah. Your pump will not help you. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. So can you share 
your best resource for professional development? Hmm. I think I've used the K Brighton Partnership the most. Um, just thinking back, like when they did entrepreneurship programming for women, I was always there. I'm also doing a lot of stuff with the Center of Women in women. Business. Yes, yeah. Women in Business. Thank you. So they really helped me sort of level up professionalism. Mm. So they helped me like figure out my social media. They try to teach me about inventory and um I've had a few business coaches that just literally dragged me <laughs> into being uh, a better e-commerce person just because, like, I've never heard of doing, like, you know, barcoding. And I'm right. just like, this is so unfamiliar to me. Like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, just trust me. This is what you need. Yeah. And now I'm like, bing, bing. I feel like Walmart checkout. Like, oh, this is great. This <laughs> is <Yeah>. fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, Checking out is so much easier now at some of these creations because I figured out barcoding. Yeah. But it's all those things that you don't know you need. Yeah. Is what you sort of need is yeah. someone who's more advanced, better off. And that's where these people who are professionals who know about so much about business are able to provide people. So I'm always advocating for people to go out and ask for help. Whether you're just on the newsletter and you could see what networking are there. Yeah. yeah. So you could talk to other entrepreneurs. Like, everything, I think, is great, especially in Cape Breton, because we're so small. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of competition for things, yeah. so yeah. it makes it a lot easier to sort of get into, like, the social media classes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think people are always willing to, like, have a coffee and chat and answer questions, too. And I think that's a great point, like, having mentors... You know, like barcoding is a great example because, yeah, six years ago, you probably didn't need barcodes. Mm -mm -mm. But now you're at a level, like you said, you couldn't have imagined being at. And who knows what's going to happen in the next year. And you're going to be really grateful that two years ago you started using barcodes, you know? like Every time I level up, I'm just like, why didn't I do this earlier? Because it's so much easier now. And so, like... There's so many little things that I would have never have thought to do because I'm not a business person. And I don't understand how putting everything in an Excel sheet and then ticking things off makes things picking easier right, versus yeah. doing one order at a time. Like right. to me, it was just like my mind was blown and like at first I resisted everything I'm like nah this is harder this is so much harder and then like six or seven times like why haven't I done this before like it's so much easier like it just has like this learning curve anything new bringing into your business you're just always like oh this is hard and then you're like oh man this is the worst and then you're like oh man this is actually pretty bad not bad like I can handle this then you're like I'll never go back yeah exactly (laughs) I think it's funny you just said I'm not a business person, but you are a business you person. Are. I absolutely am a business person. But I, in the beginning, I really thought like I was just an uh, artisan. I was just right. a beater. Yeah. I was just like this person who made beautiful earrings and I like, you know, paved the way to make these beautiful earrings and Instagram and got famous through that way. And then I just wanted the supplies for myself. I felt a lot like the Little Mermaid that had to have everything in her cave. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, everyone saw the cave and wanted something from my cave. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, let me, I'll sell my stuff to you because I know how hard it is to get these things. And the shipping is so ridiculous. And so for me, like, that's sort of how my entrepreneurship came through is more or less helping my community grow. And then in the meantime, I became this entrepreneur and a businesswoman and uh, I would say an e-commerce platform queen, kind of, like, figuring it all out as I went and so, like, yeah. I think the growth process from, like, six years to now is, like, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I mean, last year I was an uh, exporter of the year competing against Clearwater. 
Yeah. And we yeah. were, like, beat out by somebody else. But I, when I heard I was up against Clearwater Seafood, and I was like, they ship out millions of fish. Like, yeah. Yeah. like how am I even in, in the same category as these yeah. people? And if, then to be there. And even to think about, like, the team that they have behind that, right? Oh, Like, amazing. the size of that company compared to the size of yours. And, like, you're still growing. Yes. But your team's still small. Uh, very small. I mean, there's me and about three high school students who work whenever they can. Yeah, yeah. And then two other part-timers who work whenever they can. We're yeah. very casual at Sunderland's <laughs> Creations. We don't, they only do, like, like the equivalent of one full-time person. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I live in rural Escasoni, which has about 4,000 people. It's hard to find someone who yeah. can work, who doesn't yeah. have kids, who doesn't have to go home for lunch. Yeah. So I'm just very flexible on my hours. I'm constantly looking for um, assistance or more, like, part-time help. But, like, the, literally, it's been just myself running this entire business for the last six years. And so, like, for me to make such an impact and to be, like, considered as uh, exporter of a year by myself just shipping out beads from my house yeah. is, like, it, it. I can't fathom, like, that because I'm in it. But when people repeat it back to me, like... Dang, yeah, you did all that by yeah. yourself? No. Yeah. How'd you do that? Because, like, I'm just in it every day. I'm just like, I got to get all these orders out, and I got to do all the yeah. work. Yeah. So I don't see it all the time, but now I, like, I feel it now. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm like, I got to level up. The thing that sticks in my mind was is when you had to advocate for, like, the post box yeah. in the yes. community. Like, those are challenges that I think maybe are even harder, like, on reserve. Mm-hmm. But, like, our challenges that we see in rural Nova Scotia in general. Yeah. And you were just like, yeah, I'm going to get this post box. And you did. You which did. is really impressive. Yeah. And even something like that would have made a huge difference in your business. Absolutely. I'm going to just tell that story in a real quick yeah. way yeah. so that the audience knows what we're talking about. So back before COVID, which is, like, you know, feels like forever ago. Yeah. But uh, it was probably about three years ago I was... Uh, shipping things out but we had a post office in Escasoni but it didn't have a red box and a red box is what you see on all the corners in Sydney where you just drop off mail I thought that was living the dream because I would have to get pick up my nephew at 3 30 you know he's cranky and tired after school take him to the post office wait in line for 20 minutes to drop off mail and pay to ship everything out and that could be like you know 30 packages it could be 20 packages they hated me every time they saw me because it was just like such a hassle then I figured out okay now I after that okay now I I'll I'll pay for shipping at home right and do stickers on the bag and then I'll just take it to there because there was no place to drop it off so I was always on the clock rushing to get this done and I was like Finally, I was like, I'm just going to start dropping it off in Iona. I'm going to drop it off in, like, Christmas Island or or in East Bay, which was the only three places you could get locally, 20 minutes away from Eskasoni, a red box where you just dump it in the box and forget about it. It's sad to think that that became more convenient for you than going to the post office. I know. It was just seemed like more and more of a pain. Yeah. So for me, I was like, this is a huge inequity. I couldn't possibly be the only one trying to ship off mail. And we were always like, you know, struggling to 
get things done and there was long lineups because yeah. if anyone came after me you just saw the eye rolls so I was just like I know I'm a pain so I'm so sorry I'm running a business online nobody gets it yeah. don't worry about it but now like when COVID hit then it became amplified because right. only one person could be in the post office at a time right. and if it was me or somebody else it would be an hour-long excursion yeah. so like it became even worse so I started to advocate and I complained several times through Canada Post. I sent them emails. I sent them complaints. I talked to supervisors. Nobody wanted to give me a red box in Eskasoni. So then I thought it was a federal issue. And it just so happens my brother was the MP. And he told me that even though I mentioned it every day to him, that he couldn't do anything unless I wrote a letter. So I started writing letters to my brother, who I live with. He's the <laughs> MP. So that his staff would have to respond. And his staff would call me up and they would follow up with me and they were so professional and I was just like, yeah, you know he's my brother, right? <laughs> but I had to go the same way everyone else would have to do to get this red box. So I fought for the red box so long and hard and we finally got it. And it was almost mute because finally Canada Post yielded to me and my multiple complaints and said, we're going to give you a corporate account. And they'll pick up the mail from your house at this point because you ship out so much. They started to see the, like, I was spending, right. you know, like, two grand a month or something like yeah. that in shipping every month. I was a real valuable customer after that. <laughs> so they decided, <laughs> we'll, we'll pick it up. But it was still, like, I still fought for it even after that point yeah. because I'm like, this is not a dead point for me because I feel like all these entrepreneurs that are coming yeah, behind me yes. are going to have... Nobody's going to do 2000 in shipping a month yeah. at when they first start their business. No. Yeah. We need the red box regardless. Anyways, I'm so pleased to say that the red box arrived and Eskasoni barely cheered on my behalf after like months of fighting <laughs> and advocating on this. But the issue was inequity. And this yeah. is part of the, you know, rule you know, K Breton inequities. Like there's not a mailbox in your office. How are you gonna do e commerce? How yeah. are you gonna you're not like set up for success? Yeah. And I just feel like it was something because we were on our First Nations reserve that all the neighboring communities that were much smaller than us mm -hmm. had yeah. a whole post office and uh <laughs> red box. Yeah. And so I felt like I had to fight for it. And now that I have it, I mm -hmm. see like they're beginning to see the inequities yeah. in the way they were treating us yeah. in the past. And I do see, like, the e-commerce growing, especially yeah. with uh, beaded earrings. Like, That's the girls good. are, like, saying, oh, my God, yeah, it's so much easier now that the red yeah. box is here. And yeah. I don't have to worry about, you know, anything like that. So that was the red box story. I always sort of tell it because people love, a like, an uplifting story. Yeah. And it's a success. So, yeah. like, and it kind of is funny because my brother's DMP and I'm harassing You're him like, like emailing and lettering his staff I just think it's so good because it's small things like that that I think make it easier for people to make excuses not to do things yeah, yeah. so you know you talk about um, some of your customers that are buying your beads and now they're more apt to like sell to a global yeah um, mm -hmm. audience because it's easy and convenient and doesn't take up half their day, you know? Yeah. Um, and those are, like, really important things when it comes to business. Yeah, I think a streamline is really important, too, and just making it accessible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because if it's inaccessible and you have to drive, like, 20 minutes away to drop off mail, yeah. that's really inaccessible. And so, for me, by the time they got the red box, 
the amount of orders I was getting would fill that box times two. Yeah. So That's it wasn't what I was even like ask you, <laughs> where you were like just filling the box waiting yeah, for them I, to empty it. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, well, thank you. It's been two years we've been fighting for this, and now I have to like get you guys to pick it up. Which is like, you should have just gave me the red box two years ago, and I would have known about the corporate account at all, yeah. and I would have been just like filling that box up. Yeah. But I do appreciate the Canada Post and like. I think they're like the best coworker for an e-commerce platform because like they're your second person who's yeah. taking your stuff and making sure yeah. things get there yeah. safely. That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. So yeah. like I always call them my coworkers. Like I'm like, hey coworkers, because I literally work alone. So yeah. like I got nobody else in my corner except Canada Post and Go Canada you know, Post. yeah. To them, they know me now because yeah. I've been like crazy all over their Twitter. I did a Twitter bombing one day, like just being like, we need this, we need this, we need this, and then finally they're like, yes, we hear your message. <laughs> please stop and like customer complaint on Facebook I was just like you know if I could be a Facebook warrior about this but really that didn't work in my, in my favor it, I had to get MP Jaime to get in on this to yeah. help me yeah. push the issue because without him pushing the issue nothing would have got done because I was complaining for a good year before anything happened that's insane that's wow yeah and so like for me I, I like I used to put it everywhere and then everyone never understood the inequity of something so simple yeah. and yeah. so small like I had to explain the whole story for them to understand that's the, why it's an inequity I'm like and now I'm like I look at the red box and I'm like I hope you're happy here <laughs> be like i'm a little bit bigger than you now but like i remember the days when i was fighting for yeah. you <laughs> like, that's awesome that's yeah. incredible that's such a like a positive like it was a hard story mm -hmm. to like say and like you went through so much to get it but you have that red box like, yeah you like that's such an accomplishment in itself and like yeah. your whole community benefits from it and absolutely yeah. you benefit from it but yeah. like everyone benefits from this yeah. we as like consumers benefit from yeah. it too yeah absolutely even like when you return your stuff from amazon you just drop it in the box yeah but if you have no box you're like oh man and then now canada post has its own standalone building in Eskasoni. so like they heard the cries of the people i yeah. feel like maybe just me, the people, <laughs> like, and then my brother and his staff, yeah. the people. But, like, I think I was probably crying around the lo loudest and the longest about it. And yeah. then, to me, it was just the inequity of it. And I just wanted to showcase, like, this is something that Indigenous people have endured. Yeah. And that, like, why is it, you know, Iona and East Bay and Christmas Island, which are, like, literally two, ten minutes away, like, yeah. from each other, have two of the same thing yeah e and like Eskasoni's in between it doesn't so yeah. yeah that was sort of my like pointing out the inequities and that was spotlighting my pain point yeah. and I solved yeah. it and it's now I'm happy about it and me and Canada Post are chummy now <laughs> <laughs> but I think that attitude towards it where you're just like this is a challenge and I'm going to solve it has served you so well yeah. in your entrepreneurship journey oh yeah you absolutely like, I mean not every entrepreneur is going to just take on the system too yeah like I think it's a certain type of person that will be like you know this is really hard and we're going to fix this yeah <laughs> like and then the, the success story is like it got fixed yeah and now yeah. we have this yeah wonderful for the future generations yeah, of exactly. uh, entrepreneurs but unfortunately for me uh i get i get the luxury of like showing up in my pajamas and be like here's your bag sir yeah <laughs> thank you pete if you're listening you kind of touched on this before but maybe it's a completely different answer if you weren't doing what you're doing right now 
what would you be doing instead? Oh, if I never took up the hobby beading, I have no idea where I'd be right now. I feel like I probably still would be in health. I'd probably be a health director somewhere advocating for Indigenous health. That was sort of a big passion of mine. I did take a doula training. I was all into the idea of being a midwife, but I already had a master's in medicine, so it was sort of like I didn't want to take any more schooling. So I think probably I would be researching diseases and stuff. And like during COVID, I'll tell you, all of those people are like, you're an indigenous, like epidemiologist, which is the study of disease. We need you. We need you to come and help our communities and do the assessments. And I'd be like, I'll tell you what I know now on the phone, but like, no. (laughs) because I want to bead and I have a bead business and I'm too busy and it was just like the one time in your life where there was like a brand new disease a brand new thing I could study I could have been the forefront of COVID and studying like effects and stuff and I chose to stay home and bead and make a craft store which baffled everyone I knew so I think Um, that's uh, probably where I would have been (laughs) after COVID if I didn't do beads I would probably like the COVID would have been you know the thing that pushed me right back into studying health interesting yeah. I think it's a testament to the fact that you're doing something that you love so much that you had an opportunity to do something that you also loved, mm-hmm. but you were just like, no, I've like been there, done that kind yeah. of. Yeah. Like, like I'm not doing that. Yeah, anymore. I'm on. I have this focus now. Like, leave me alone. I'm running my e-commerce empire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how. And then like to other people who are not in crafting or understanding, they're just like. So you're going to stay home and bead? Is that what you're saying? I'm like, yeah, that's what's happening. That's, yeah. <laughs> and like, it just was so confusing to people because I was so passionate about um, health. And I still am. It's just now I'm more passionate about entrepreneurship and, and pushing Indigenous e-commerce and sort of teaching people that like the websites are global. You could yes. reach yeah. so much farther than Cape Breton. You could be bigger than Cape Breton. You don't have to leave the island to make money. You don't right. have to move to a city to mm-hmm. be, you know, make money and make a career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do it from your home. You could do it on your iPhone like yeah. I do. Like I don't have any special things to be a YouTube star or anything. So like I think it's amazing to see the growth in our uh, yeah. community, especially when young people I talk to young people, I always tell them, like, you can love something so much and share that knowledge with people, and that's a value. Like, uh-huh. you don't have to go be a doctor. You don't have to be a lawyer. Yeah. You can do something that you absolutely love to do mm-hmm. and make money from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Where's the farthest you've shipped beads? Ooh, get me a map. So I, I did Japan. I did Australia. And I did New Zealand. Wow. I think wow. those are the farthest I can think of. We've done a few in Sweden, Denmark, and London. The farthest I would actually have to get a cap. Like, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Google out. tell me yeah. <laughs> what is the farthest. Yeah. But, yeah, I've literally shipped all over the place. And every single time I get one, it's, like, baffling to me. Like, how did this person in Japan find me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The internet. The internet, yeah. And the funny thing was she sent me in her whole shipping stuff in Japanese. And then when I printed it out through Canada Post, it was just question mark, question mark, question mark, because they have to have it in English, which I didn't know was going to be an issue. So I had to go to Google Translate, void the thing, put it back in, and say, I hope this is her. (laughs) And then I just cut it out the her address right. and posted yeah. it. Like, I'm sure they don't know English as yeah, much as right. we don't know they're Japanese. Yeah. So maybe if I just put, put two on, <laughs> maybe she got it anyways. There was That's no awesome. complaints. So I was very concerned with the question mark, question mark uh, 
analysis. So you can't put any special characters on Canada Post, which is a hot tip for any yeah, uh, yeah. entrepreneurs who are shipping internationally. That's good to yeah, know. Yeah, I'm still, like, I'm one of those people, because I'm a huge crafter too, and I'm always like, oh, like, should I try selling my crafts online and stuff? But I'm very intimidated by the whole e-commerce space. As you know, I sometimes message you. You can tell mm-hmm. when I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm going to dip my toe in this month. Yeah. And because it's just really overwhelming because those things happen and you're like, yeah. how do I work through this? And then at the same time, you're still crafting. Like, it's hard to, I think, be an artisan and run, like, an e-commerce business at the same time because yeah. they, they are, like, just juxtaposition to themselves. Absolutely. Right? Like, for me, the craft after me did nothing to be like the entrepreneur in yes. me. Yeah. Like they do not live in the same house. No. <laughs> <laughs> because like if, when I want to create, I want to create what I want to create. Yeah. I want to do like the thing that I love to do. I do it in my style. And then sometimes it flops online. Like not everyone loves what you love. Yeah. Right. But you just got to find the right audience because yes. there's always going to be someone who's like, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people are discouraged because the algorithm of Facebook or Instagram, they don't know what you like yes, versus yeah. what other people like. And so their whole algorithm is to show people who like crafts, right. similar items like crafts, yeah. to sell them the things. And they don't always hit it on the head, I yeah. think. And so, like, a lot of these people are selling, you know, things, but they just haven't found their audience. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, TikTok has really pushed me into this new market, whereas, like, they're pushing me into this, like, showcasing these beautiful, you know, products. Right. Meanwhile, I'm wearing pajamas and, like, a messy bun and no makeup <laughs> and looking as authentic as I am. Yeah. And they love it. So, like, there's no home shopping channel yeah, thing, but yeah. it is enough for them to like reach out and be like, oh, I love your stuff. Yeah. So I feel like you have to like market yourself, you have to promote yourself. And it's like disheartening when you start anything because you don't have that audience yeah. who's like, I love everything yeah. you do. And so like it takes a while to build that. And my Instagram took me about eight years to build the audience I have wow, now, which wow. is about 12,000, which isn't even a lot. I have a kid who posted a f- cat farting while giving birth on TikTok and has millions of views and I'm just jealous. I'm like, wow, I wish I could be, like, I, I can't go viral like that doing what I do, but, like, yeah. I love that for you. I'm, like, yeah. just jealous of her yeah. views and viralness. What has changed in your industry since you started working in it? So my industry, I think, is the e-commerce platform. I mean, there has been Michaels for a long time. I mean, even the creation of Michaels it was a novelty idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Annette Frashan, I think, talked a lot about it in her books and stuff. But for me, like bringing the craft market out in my niche audience was to tell them like your beadwork is valuable. You should be treating yourself like a like an artist. Mm-hmm. You should be getting a livable wage yeah. mm-hmm. to respect, you know, the pricing that you should do and like giving them a lot of hot tips on how yeah. to grow. So I think like there was nobody mentoring me on that when I started selling earrings. Okay. And then I had one person who was an elder who stepped in and said like, you cannot be selling $5 earrings. Yeah, right. But because in my mind, I never knew how much anything was worth. I loved the craft so much, I didn't think my time was worth anything right. because yeah. I loved it and I shouldn't be paid to do something I love. Right. Or I was just a weird, like, 
understanding of how to become an artist in itself. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. how do you value yourself when no one's saying this is so valuable yeah. or what yeah. you're doing is so great or anything like that. And so that's sort of where I went with that is to sort of like, I started raising my prices because I had to respect the craft. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just me who was selling. It's other women who were selling and I couldn't like degrade their work because yeah. I was not valuing it the same. And so like along the way, I've had many lessons about profit margins and stuff <laughs> like that in the more professional sense. But now I understand business in a lot different way about and also trying to build up my audience of not just you're not just a customer, you're an entrepreneur, you're yeah. buying these crafts because you're making things. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's the relationship we have. Like I'm gonna teach you how to sell, I'm gonna teach you how to social media, yeah. I'm gonna teach you and bring you more value than just being like the Amazon. Mm-hmm. who gives you no idea how to, like, make yeah. lip glosses or whatever, yeah. soaps or whatever they teach you. Like, they'll sell you the things, but yeah. they won't teach you. And yes. so I think that's right. a little bit different about my, like, business craft. Because in the beginning, there was no, like, tutorial videos. There was no, like, search engine optimization type things. Right. And so, like, to find somebody to teach me to bead was had to have been local. And then mm-hmm. we now have, like, tutorials after tutorials and YouTube channels and like TikToks about it. It's grown so much to being more of a community, more sharing, more connected. And we're connected across Canada or USA. So it's not just like I'm alone in my bedroom beating. Now yeah. I could have live streams and people watch me and send me likes and make me feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think anyone checks you out online at Sunday Lace Creations, they'll see that some of your content, and I think maybe a little bit more so in the early days of your business, was around pricing and making sure people were understood the value of the craft, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you've kind of done almost outside of your business is help other artisans get started and, you know, realize what they should be setting their prices at and make sure they understand their value and things like that, which is really important, I think, for that industry. Yeah, I think sort of like a mentorship unofficially. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I think, like, I'm not going to just bring myself up. I feel like I need to bring up everybody behind me as well. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a trailblazer, I'm the first e-commerce, I'm the first one doing it Mm -hmm. in the way that I'm doing it. Like, I don't want, like, you know, the future generations to have a harder time doing what I did. Right. Because what I did was sell earrings on Instagram, and then I created a website, and then I now sell beads, and now I'm, like, branching out in different ways. And it's just amazing to me that, like, how quickly things have moved along. Like, when I think about it, it's only been six years. Yeah. And it's just, I went from 30 progs to 4,000. I went from being all by myself to having a rotating five students working for me to just make up the difference so we can keep things going on this train, this train will roll into, I don't know, Jeff Bezos territory, hopefully (laughs) one day. (laughs) I want to be a Jeff Bezos of crafts, but like it may never happen. I think you're well on your way. Yeah, I really do. Maybe I'll be Martha Stewart or something. That's probably a better (laughs) analogy. Let me be Martha instead of Jeff. Yeah, you're going to be Mariah. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll be yeah. Mariah. <laughs> like, that's what you're going to be. Yes, I'll be like, Sunday Lace Creations. Like, I'll be just, like, selling the brand everywhere. Remember yeah. us when you're... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll get you all beady. What challenges is your industry currently facing within your region? So, I think the biggest challenges is, like, uh, I'm selling the beaters, and beaters are selling on these crafting platforms, you know, just trying to push their product. I think that's one of the biggest things is there's a disconnect between the artists 
and their audience. Because mm. the people who are following me are people who are buying the earrings and also the beaters. Right. But yeah. then the beaters are also now trying to get this other audience of people who just want to buy the earrings, but they're getting the other beaters and they just compete <laughs> against each other a little bit. And I think there's a little disconnect in the community there about like how to bring us all together in mm. a cohesive way. I mean, like if Sunday's Creation sold earrings, I could sell out a million earrings like easily because yeah. I have that audience already engaged. Right. Whereas these artists are struggling so hard to brand themselves and they're struggling so hard to get that audience. That's their biggest problem is everyone has to be their own brand, their mm-hmm. own entrepreneur. They have to get the same audience and they're all struggling. And I feel like maybe the future of Sunday Lace Creation is to bridge that, is to either do featured artists' TikToks and let them know mm-hmm. who's out there. Yeah. Because you need to know, you know, when you buy anything on Marketplace or on, you know, you have to build that trust with your customer. And not everyone's going to have that. And not everyone's going to have the same professionalism or the same picture quality. And so, like, I feel like a lot of that is disconnected with sellers and buyers through the online platforms. So for me, like, I see it as, like, I built the trust. I built all that audience that, like, I could provide that for a lot of people right. who don't want to do that like right. who don't want to run the website and they don't want to run you know like i want to call it estes but it's not esty what is it etsy etsy yeah. <sighs> i always say it wrong <laughs> so like, with those kind of platforms like that and ebay and um it's much harder to trust your buyer as it is for the buyer to trust the seller okay, yeah. so there's a little bit of a disconnect because it's so unprofessional in a lot of the transactions through indigenous beadwork and like people want to know authentically is this indigenous beadwork or is yeah. this something that's been mass produced that's being resold right, right and so like there's so many things with this like tango i see amongst my customers that i wonder how i could help them in that too yeah. because like i could sell beading supplies and that's great, but I think part of that is bringing, I bring the, it's this international audience. If someone in London wants an authentic indigenous earring, where do they go? Mm-hmm. And right. how do they find that right. person? And then, you know, when they click that up, I show up as a website and they're like, do you have any beadwork? And I'm like, oh, never. Uh, I never have beadwork because yeah. I'm like so, yeah. you know, sold out, tapped yeah. out, and I'm only doing customs. And I don't want to do customs for people I don't know because yeah, I right. feel like, eh then what will you do with it? Like, yeah. Will it end up in a museum or will it end up on a movie screen? What will happen to the things that I make? Yeah. So, like, right now I like making medallions for my brother and I get to see it on, like, you know, him being in the parliament building with it and I feel famous enough through that that, like, I don't need to continue <laughs> making too many more earrings. But that's where I see in my industry, like, the disconnect. Okay. And I don't know how else but to help them become better yeah. entrepreneurs yeah and teach them how to look more professional or engage more professionally or, you know, because I was the worst. They'd be like, you know, are you, are you open today? I'd be like, no. And they're like, that's it. No. No, don't <laughs> no, come here. Yeah, I'm an introvert at heart. So, like, I want to be in my pajamas at home watching Netflix. Yeah. I don't want to be surprise attacked by a customer and be like, ah, you're here. Let me put on a bra. Like, <laughs> so, like, for me, like, the online platform works so well for me. So, like, I think, like, a lot of it is now I have this, like, hi, we're only online only. You can reach us at sundaylicecreations.com. If yeah. you have a question, we can answer it in the comments below. 
and then they kind of get the gist. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, don't bother me. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't yeah. come here. <laughs> don't come Please here. Don't. That's such an interesting challenge to have, I guess. You know, like, yeah. how do you, you kind of have created this network, and now how do you support and continue to build that up, like, around you? Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think every person who's creating something is also worthy to sell that. Like, right. I think everyone, like for myself, when I started beadwork, it was a survival-based business. I just wanted that twenty dollars, forty dollars yeah. by selling the earrings to yeah. have pizza on a Friday. Like yeah. that was my goal. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think at all that I would have like an empire or a huge website or hundreds of orders mm-hmm. a week or anything like that. I only wanted enough money to do those extra things yeah and so like those extra things are what i think a lot of these uh, moms are making earrings are doing they're just paying for their children's hockey or paying for like their prom dresses or you know the things that are costing extra in life and like with everything with inflation and prices going up everyone's trying to start this little side hustle just to keep ahead so nobody's thinking long term, you know, I'm going to be brand Sunday Lease Creations. They're thinking, yeah. I just need to make enough for those extras yeah, that, yeah. for our kids or yeah. for, to make life better for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think that's really important to recognize that's where they're at. They yeah. don't need to be famous. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of like fair for me to be like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to like get a little bit better at yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a little bit bigger. And just like a little, a little bit better. easier, you know. Yeah, let me just teach you how to be a little bit easier. Like someone taught me about barcoding, yeah. right? like bringing yeah. it all back. Like you have to just learn how to make business decisions wherever you're at. So what's one thing you would like to see happen here? Mm, here as in Cape Breton? Yeah. Well, personally, I think like more fun things, like let's have more things for introverts to have fun doing yeah. things <laughs> alone sort of things. Like, can we have a cat cafe or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like a puzzle cafe. Like, can we have like trivia nights or something? Yeah. Like, things for like, you know, people who don't want to go out to a bar and will listen yeah. to live music. I mean, I'm 40, so that's probably where I'm at in life, <laughs> where I just want to be like, I want to have fun with my friends and be home by nine. Is yeah. that too much to no, ask? Like, yeah, I'm 26 <laughs> and I want that. Like a cat cafe with some books? Say no, no. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's the hours? <laughs> like, yeah, like I'll be there. Yeah. As long as it's closed by nine, we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but business-wise, I love to see um, more entrepreneurship programming virtually because I know mm-hmm. a lot of these rural communities don't have the privilege of coming into Sydney like myself yeah. I live yeah. in Eskasoni it's 45 minutes away there's no transportation or limited transportation yeah. I just should right. say there's not a lot of buses and I do see a lot of newcomers coming in here and I don't see a whole lot of activities for them yeah so kind of like following that where do you see the entrepreneurship ecosystem in our region in the next like five years I see a lot of these kids adapting to social media so much faster and so much quicker Mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to monetize videos. They're going to be able to make a lot more money than my generation ever thought was possible. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot more people starting hoodie shops or clothing stores or selling their art online. Yeah, I see a lot more entrepreneurship now in the youth than I did before because not everyone wants to work nine to five anymore. Yeah, right. And so once we got that taste of working remotely from home, I think it's a hard push to get us back into an office. Oh, yeah. And so sort of that's where I see most people going. And so like I already was doing that. Like COVID did nothing for my business (laughs) because literally tell me to stay home and do nothing. Thank you. (laughs) I love this. Like Deliver my groceries. Yes, please. Like it was just like this weird like introvert heaven for me. Yeah. 
but even now like I've had enough of the introvert and I'm ready to go and yeah. out and do be the people a, thing. Yeah, yeah eat out every night like I, that, that would be the dream like I love new food yeah. I think too setting up businesses online has become so much easier oh my God. yeah yes. and like reaching sort of like you were saying like you spent eight years building up kind of your social presence and now it can be a lot easier mm-hmm. to kind of just get out there and Absolutely. reach a global audience and a lot of times like people don't even have to know where you are it's irrelevant to them yeah, yeah. and it's the surprising thing is I did my first live today I had 5,000 likes in like 15 minutes of doing it and it was just beyond me like who's on here and I don't and they keep asking me where are you located I'm like I'm located in Eskasoni First Nations Cape Breton Nova Scotia and they're like we're from BC we're from like (laughs) wherever and I'm like hi thank you like I don't even know like what to say to the audience but it's like they're getting so much better trained on how to be entrepreneurs and how to value themselves and you know how to stand up for themselves in the workplace and there's so much more videos about things and there's so much out there that's accessible to them that I didn't have I mean I went to school with encyclopedias looking things up and they just like Google tell me this thing right now and they get it so like it is such a different landscape and with artificial intelligence coming in it's just blowing my mind how streamlined things are getting for them yeah Yeah, it's so true so what makes you get out of bed in the morning beads (laughs) Beads yeah go play back oh my god i had beads in my hair one night it was crazy (laughs) i I was like how did this happen but yes no i uh when i wake up it used to be sheer panic that my website was gonna crash and burn that i had to get up and make sure everything was working right because when you're running a website you never know when the glitches will happen like today I had a glitch where I sent out a million notifications by accident because I upgraded my software or something and I was just like yep 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 and then it must have asked me like send a notifications to customers and I pressed it I'm just like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." (laughs) we're so used to touching the button that's colored like sure whatever terms of reference yep 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 And I made a mistake. That's why we went live, so we could tell everyone, like, oh, I made a mistake. But it happens as an entrepreneur, and you just have to kind of, you know, go with the tide. It's sort of like you just have to go with the roller coaster, whether it's up or down or whatever. So, like, for me to get up at... Caffeine is my most uh, motivator. I wake up for caffeine, and then I do my orders. And it's beautiful because my business is in my home, so it's sort of like... It's just part of my day. I like go get my tea. I walk down. I start playing with my beads. Look at my orders. Look online. Do I want to work today? Who's coming in today? (laughs) Okay, organize everything. And then like some days I work three hours. Some days I work twelve. It's just like no happy (laughs) balance for me yet. That's what I was gonna ask you. Do you struggle with a balance where? You don't have a TV and sofa anymore because it's now, like, a stock mm. room. Absolutely. <laughs> so, for me, like, there's no couch in my house. Uh, there's literally two bedrooms. And then, like, everyone who comes to visit me is, like, 12-year-old girls and we sit on a bed. And, like, <laughs> let's chill out and watch Netflix and yeah. sit on a bed. But, like, when I was single and I was dating, it was, like, the awkward, like, well, you can hang out in the kitchen because there's nowhere else for you to go. <laughs> there's no way I'm taking you upstairs. You're literally sitting in the warehouse or you're sitting at, at my kitchen table. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, the life balance has been a hard one for me to figure out. I just start thinking, like, what will my life look like if uh, 
I get a house or mm-hmm. a warehouse. Yeah. yeah. What will it be like when I, my life returns back to being normal where I'm not living inside a yeah. warehouse every day? Yeah. So, like, I just eat, sleep, bead, <laughs> in repeat. So, to me, like, uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so passionate about what they do that they f- they lose themselves in it a little. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's why I'm, like, love walking out in nature and going out of the house yes. and going out to eat and going to find places that are not work. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's just to like at. physically get away from it. Yeah. If I stay home, I'm just at work. Yeah. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Oh my God. I am most proud of myself. I think the progress that we made at Sunday Lace Creation is just phenomenal. Like if I could talk to Mariah who started the website and I called my dad crying the first month, I was like, I don't know how to do anything. And then all these orders are coming in and I don't know what to do. And I I can't get it shipped out. And I'm standing in the post office for hours and I'm just ball crying, ugly crying. My dad's like, I'll pay for your website. It's $50 a month. It's not a huge thing. Like calm down. I was like, I can't afford this thing. And I look at her and I'm like, thank you. Thank you for struggling yeah. because, like, it, without all those mistakes, without all that struggle, I would never be where I am right now. Like, I just, it blows my mind. Like, I always say I'm a small business, but it's like I'm a medium-sized business because, yeah. like, really I have breached through so many of these things that people have struggled so hard to get at that I just, it's like my everyday hamster wheel that I don't reflect back on it very often. And so when I won Entrepreneur of the Year, the Jackie Yazer Young Entrepreneur mm-hmm. of the Year two years ago, I was just like, how did I get here and why did you guys pick me? Because, like, I just, I work by myself. I have no coworkers. Like, I don't think what I do is phenomenal. I don't think what I've learned is that great. I don't think selling beading supplies is changing the world in any way. Like, it just was like, it's just a huge disconnect from the world because I'm just at home running an e-commerce platform, yeah. uh, just selling beads to people who love to bead. And I don't think, like, reflectively very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, when I think about it, and I'm like, whoa, this is huge. Yeah. You made yeah. a business yeah. by yourself with yeah. nothing. Yeah. Like, you don't even know what you're doing half the time. <laughs> like, how did this happen? So, like, I think that I'm very proud of myself. I think that's something that's come up, like, in a couple interviews, though, that oftentimes as an entrepreneur, you don't take time to reflect. Mm. Yeah. And things like that happen, and you get nominated for awards and stuff, and you're like, wait, me? Like... And then you're like, oh, yeah, wait, I, like, did build a huge business. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you got so lost in the business. Yeah, like you forgot so to notice you did that. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely am lost in what I do. That, like, when I bring in workers and then I show them the massive, like, inventory in the room, they're just like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, well, you'll figure it out because, like... You know, I'm just like a computer, like spitting out things like, oh, yeah, it's on the left corner, right down, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, how does my brain figure that out? Like, I feel like those memes where the all the math equations. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, I watch my staff and I watch them grow and I'm like, yeah, what I do is hard. (laughs) I can't get you to do what I do because I'm it's so advanced that I have to remember. I have to take it down baby stepping them through the process. Yeah. You've forgotten all the little things that got you to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What is the best advice you received in either your personal life or your career? I think my best advice was asking for help. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I always go back to talking to Jenna Leahy at the KBRM Partnership before she was the commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce person. Uh, I called her up just like, this was after calling my business coach in tears because I could not handle, it was like a 200% spike in one month 
right at COVID. So I was locked into Eskasoni. I had 72 days in Eskasoni. Uh, locked us in. Wow. We were on a curfew. We were not allowed to leave. And I ran out of envelopes about, you know, a week in. And oh. because I was always like, I'll just go to like right. Walmart yeah. or Amazon yeah. or like, so then I discovered Amazon through this whole process. But like I had to, I called Jenna Leahy and I was like, I need help. Like, help me, help me, help me. Yeah. I'm drowning. And my business is about to go under because I can't even leave my community to help myself. There was like in the middle of COVID where we were thinking the world was burning mm-hmm. down. So yeah. like it was just like on top of everything else, my my website blew up and I was supposed to like deliver like 200 packages in a week and I was by myself. I couldn't get workers. It was just like hot mess express. Yeah. And that first two months where I tried to figure it out, I like every week I wanted to quit. I was just like, that's it. I'm done. Because <laughs> I just kept, I couldn't see the future of yeah. this. Mm-hmm. So like... Asking for help was monumentally helpful. And How did to, Jenna get you envelopes, or did she? She didn't. She gave me advice, and she got me a student worker eventually, and then she, like, sort of pushed me into the direction of all these different, here's what you could do, right. here's how yeah. you could do that. <laughs> you know, you could lower the expectations of your customers right. and put in, yeah. like, notifications. And then my business coach was like, why don't you just order them on Amazon? I'm like, what, what's, what's this Amazon? Like, what's this thing that it ships to the reserve? Okay, I'm in. Like, I'm still mind blown that you were like shipping beads out at that rate, but you were buying your envelopes at Walmart. Yeah. I know. At Staples, Walmart, Dollarama. I was like, just like, oh, That does for- not seem like cost efficient it was definitely not you know let me tell you profit margin wasn't my favorite topic because (laughs) i didn't even know what it was when i started my business it it, it had to go through all these stages of understanding like how businesses work to actually understand and the thing about running an online e-commerce building nobody's teaching you how to do it and back then nobody was teaching you like shopify only took off during covid yeah Yeah. so then they came out with all these lovely tutorials which i watched later on and be like that would have been so helpful like two years ago sir (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so for me like asking for help really brought it for me so for me i was able to like ask for help i reached out to the local people. I had a business coach who was able to like set me on the right path. And those things really projected me into the future that I have now. I had a whole letter written up. I'm sorry, I'm shutting down. COVID is this. I was ready for it. I was like, any day now, we're going to press send on this newsletter. And I just looked back on it. I'm like, I am so glad I went the other direction and said, you know, help me, help me, help me. I'm drowning. And then like a bunch of people sent me a bunch of resources. And I was like, okay, maybe I could do it. Or maybe I could do it today. Maybe if I just get through today, tomorrow will be easier. And then it just slowly got better and better and better. So I always tell people like, even when you're in crisis, just ask for help. Even if just complaining about it probably has helped me just the mental stress of it to release it, to be like, okay, universe, take over. Yeah. Like, take the wheel. (laughs) I think, too, some people, like, it'd be interesting. Maybe we'll have to have Jenna on and ask her. Because I'm sure if you asked Jenna, she'd be like, oh, like, I didn't help Mariah that much through. Like, she probably has no idea. Oh, I know. She's like, but, like, when she hung up the phone that day, she probably wasn't like, wow, I just talked, like, Mariah off a cliff. She's probably just like, oh, yeah, like, took another call after or something. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. She was just like, okay, maybe I'll just send her a person to work for free for, like, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think, kind of to your point, to ask for help. It is easier, I think, than people realize, you know? And even if they didn't help me, 
there was people who I complained to who eventually found someone who could help me. Yeah. Because they just needed to be on the radar. Yeah. Right. Like, to me, yeah. I was like, I forget, like, it was like profit margins or strategic planning or something like that. And I'd be like, nah, strategic planning is five grand. I can't afford that. That's crazy talk. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, they're like, oh, did you know there's a program that you could do that also would have strategic right. planning? I'm like, sign me up for free. I am yeah. all for the free stuff. And there's so many free things like we're in a chris lewis class that's yep. paid by i think the chamber of commerce yeah, yeah and so LSI. like it helped me so much in a lot of different ways i took a financial course through them as well to understand yep. money which i'm like ugh, wants to learn about money and taxes not me no it was hard enough so i just tried concepts. i just like yeah no here just give it to grant thornton yeah that's just, <laughs> they can deal with it yeah that's your problem and then when i had to learn more about my own finances i was just like woof I yeah. gotta start raising my prices. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Or, I think that that a lot of people don't realize the resources that are available yeah. through the chamber. You and I met through mm-hmm. this course. Like, it's incredible. Like, you're meeting all of these other people who maybe are further in their career than you are, but maybe they're in the same spot or and they're in different. They're in different spaces. So, like, yeah, you're getting the value of the course, but you're also getting the value of the networking, which I think is huge in mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I. So, what's a fun fact that not many people might know about you? Mm, fun fact. I am obsessed with K-pop and K-dramas. That's a fun fact I probably everyone on my Facebook knows. Not a lot of people are into the same things I'm into, but I feel like I'm an early adapter. It is going to be so cool, Sue. Like, me and the kids, we love BTS. Soon people are going to say, there is nothing to watch on Netflix. I'm going to give this K-drama a chance. And then they're going to be hooked because that's what happened to me. Started with, uh, you know, Boys Over Flowers and a, a few others crash landing into me or into you. And it just, like, I was hooked. I just love the format of K-dramas and stuff. So a lot of people, like, make fun of me as well about, like, just, like, how can you listen to Korean all day and not know how to speak it? Which is a very fair point because I've probably listened to it like every single day for the last maybe eight years. <laughs> and like I, I know my name and I know hello and goodbye and that's about it. Maybe you like secretly do know how yeah. to like Yeah, I it. feel like you send me to South Korea. Maybe I'll just yeah. instantly start talking. So I would like to know if there's a book that you've read recently that you would recommend. Can be like fun or business. Mm. I will highly recommend Marie Folio's um, Everything is Figure Outable, which is what I discovered. Um, Marie Folio has a YouTube channel and she talks about entrepreneurship. And then I actually invested into her B school because I listened to her enough that I was like, yeah, I'll throw three grand down for this online class that she was teaching and it changed my business it changed how i thought about online e-commerce she sort of babied me into the thinking about what's the right business for me and how i had to pivot from you know making one pair of earring for 40 dollars a day or selling like two grand in beading supplies like what was the right business for me yeah well okay (laughs) i'll be a side artist and i'll sell bead supplies yeah but without that like like coaching and stuff it was it was like you know pushing me forward and then also Marie Folio's like everything figure is figure outable it's sort of like motivating her like mantra is like you can figure out anything and if you can't figure it out someone else can help you figure it out yeah and nothing is impossible and like sort of like it pushed me and motivated me when I felt like 
you're all alone and your website's on fire and your discount code's not working and it's Black Friday at 4 a.m. in the morning. You're just like, okay, I'm done. And then you're like, no, I can figure this out. Everything's figure outable. I can figure this out. And she has really great advice about being an entrepreneur and understanding your value and like, so to me that I always recommend her book. What can listeners expect from you next? Ah, next. Well, you could always follow me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I am doing a lot more social media. I'm looking for a lot more followers on Facebook. If you want to follow me, I could definitely do some future talk there. Cool. Uh, The next thing I want to do is move into selling beadwork from other artists, Mm -hmm. either selling it or featuring artists. Mm -hmm. Because there's just so many fantastic beautiful beaters in Cape Breton Island Mm -hmm. that are not getting the spotlight they deserve. And a lot of them are moms with full-time jobs and they can't do what I do. Like learning how to ship out efficiently is Mm -hmm. like a struggle for them. So I think like if I can find a way to streamline all of that and I already have the global reach, that is somewhere I think I'm going to go with that in the future once I get a lot of more staff to help me (laughs) do what I do. But I also would love it if I could get a commercial space if the universal is listening, yes. uh, preferably on a First Nations Reserve so I yeah. can, yeah. you know, stay on our mission of uh, catering to Indigenous yeah. beadwork yeah. artists. And you're at SundayLaceCreations.com? I'm on SundayLaceCreations.com, but you could type in Sunday Lace and you will find me anywhere. I have it even on OnlyFans because no one can have Sunday Lace Creations but me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <That's a laugh. laughs> yeah. 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 So one final question, Mariah. If you were a potato, what kind of potato would you be? I think I would be a potato chip because mm. I'm best on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Okay, what, what flavor though? What flavor? I'd probably be plain. I'm pretty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can't be too spicy. I have too many allergies. <laughs> Allergic true. to milk, dairy, and red peppers. Like it just yeah. makes life hard. Plain <laughs> chips is probably where I'd be at. Any final words before we wrap up? Send it out to your audience that if you ever wanted to talk about beads or entrepreneurship or field, you know, like you need help in any e-commerce, I'm open to helping people because I know, you know, small town Cape Breton, there is not a lot of mentors teaching about how to run a Shopify website or Mm -hmm. Wix or a blog and, like, I've learned so many skills that I feel like are so valuable to people, but I'm at home, you know, chilling yeah, out on yeah. the couch and not using it. So I'm always a DM away. Everything's open. You probably could find my phone number if you really want to. <laughs> you could chit-chat about whatever problems you have. And I think it's really important as a community that we help each other grow. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, um, we just need to build each other up so that we can be comparable as a, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, Ecosystem. Ecosystem in, like, Cape Breton. Because, you know, people in the city like Toronto have so many more resources than we ever would have. And that we only can depend on each other to grow. So I really throw that out to your audience. That they can follow me and like my stuff and read my blogs and learn a little bit of what I can teach. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mariah, for coming on. Yes, thank you. So that is all for Little Island Conversations. We'll chat with all you listeners next week. And don't forget to follow us on socials at Little Island Conversations. And let us know who you would like to hear us chat with next. Where conversations are casual, but the ideas are big.